Hello, friends, and welcome to episode 70 of From the Van. It's a podcast from my van, where I have conversations with people who have relationships with residential vehicles. I'm your host, Marty Benson, and today's guest is a no longer van lifer, Jared Tachi. Uh, Jared Tachi has a bunch of uh, YouTube videos that you may know about. Uh, he's a very fun guy to talk to. Uh, hooked up with him in Bend, Oregon the day before uh, he moves to Vegas um, and had another great conversation, uh, as will happen a lot of times when I have uh, really close friends revisit the podcast. Uh, this episode is a bit unhinged. Uh, we basically went all over the place, but I think there's some interesting stuff in there. You know, um, Jared has a new overlanding vehicle and he's moving to Vegas, so he's got a lot of stuff going on right now. He's going down there to do get back into stand-up comedy. And so it was cool to sort of hear uh, how his life has changed since fan life and um, sort of what he's looking at uh, doing in the future. So I hope that you enjoy episode 70 of From the Van, featuring my friend and too-many-time guest, Jared Tachi. Yeah, man, whatever Jared you want. Jared Taji. What's up, buddy? Welcome to the podcast from your backyard. <laughs> um, okay, tell me where we were last time. Wait, we did, you and I did a uh, an interview with Shane last year over Zoom. Over Zoom, yeah. I hated doing this. I'm sorry, man. That's why I quit the podcast. <laughs> man, if I wasn't so thick right now, I'd feel more comfortable leaning back in my chair. <laughs> Now we get the. Now everything's opening back up. It's great to see people. Um, you were still in your van last time. Is that right? Yeah. You oh were my just god. About, I think you had I, a contract, but you hadn't sold it yet. I don't was. I don't know if I had a contract. Do you remember what month we did it in? Because I know exactly when I sold my van. It would have been like. Would have been like June, May, probably about. I a sold year a, ago, yeah, exactly. Exactly. Wow. Because we are in uh, end of June right, or mid June right now. Maybe um, end of May. I don't know. I sold my van in July. Okay. It was like... It was for sale, but you hadn't sold it. I, I put it up for sale. I was doing some odd and end, like, fixing to it. Yeah. And then I um, I installed an air conditioning unit. That's right. Yeah. Right as you moved out of it. Well, yeah, it was actually part of my deal. Like, I was like, listen, like, they, they were like, hey, do you want to do, you know, a video on our air conditioner? We need to get it out to the masses. And I was like, listen, I, I'm about to sell my van. Mm -hmm. And they were like, cool, go right ahead. Yeah. And I'm like... Okay, right. so I put in this, you know, $4,500... Cruising Comfort? Cruising Comfort air conditioner, and it was, uh, you know, no plug to them, but, I mean, we just plugged them. No but, plug to them. <laughs> but, no, I mean, they're great. Their Cruising Comforts are great, but, I mean, it was like... I was like, dude, I can't get my van any nicer than this. Yeah. And I didn't think the market was going to do what it did. Yeah. And I could have gotten twenty, thirty thousand dollars $30,000 more If you my waited a little bit longer. Now. Yeah. I sold my van... On June 3rd last year. Oh, so I sold mine about a month after you. And it was the same sort of deal. Like, I had had it on listed on GoCamp where you where you rent your van out. Oh, yeah, you told me. Yeah, I was yeah, terrified yeah. of that. And I sold my van. And then, like, the next day I get an email. Your van has been booked for June 10th, for the week of June 10th. And I had to email them and be like, I don't have the pink slip of that van. <laughs> hey, my van, dude. You're going to have to call somebody else about You didn't that. take it off GoCamp as soon as you sold it? Or did you forget? I forgot because it, it, this is the thing. Yeah. Is that there was this huge dip in van life, right? 
because everybody was like, oh shit, pandemic, we're all going to die. I got to go see grandma before I kill her. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> Before I kill her, jeez. <laughs> like, like every, everything was devolving. And so everybody was like scared to spend money and that sort of stuff. And then mid pandemic, everybody was like, oh, a van is the only way to quarantine and travel at the I, same time. I would say that turned right around September of last year, yeah. September 2020. And if I held on to my van for three more months, I would have gotten a bunch more money. I mean, don't get me wrong. I made out really well, um, especially because of my discounts that I got for the van. Um, and I didn't I didn't try to rob people. I actually sold it for an amount where I tell people now and they're like, yo, that was yeah. way too cheap yeah. because I had the floors, as you know, and mm-hmm. the AC, as you know. And um, damn, I miss that van, though. So yeah. the guy that bought it, Jeff and his wonderful wife, they made out like bandits. Yeah. <laughs> Do you keep in touch with them? Oh yeah, he actually just texted me the other day. Okay, yeah. cool, cool. Yeah, cool. yeah, yeah. Because uh, you know he actually did a lot of upgrades to it. Uh, you remember on the outside there was nothing. Yeah. I kept it stealth. Uh-huh. Uh huh. He put an awning. Uh, he put a RIP package, the ride improvement package. Mm-hmm. He did a, a tire rack on the back. Um, you know, he did a lot of things to the outside that made it like kind of adventure vehicle like badass yeah looking. really bad i forgot yeah. i could swear on this yeah you say whatever the fuck you want awesome okay. so yeah he actually made it really like an adventure sprinter van yeah and i was just like damn i could have done all that shit so here's my hot take um this is a controversial opinion that i think i've come to because i grew up in the swamp in the south uh-huh. let's start here needless to say it's a weekender now this dude's not living in the van dude hell no and that's the thing i actually think you know, the people that spend over six figures on a van yeah. are using it as weekenders. Pretty much exclusive. Exclusive, which yeah. is weird because it's like, it's it's FU money, right? Uh-huh. It's seriously uh-huh. fuck you money. <laughs> and it's the ones that can afford boats. Uh-huh. You know, you buy a boat as a toy. Right, right. You know, it's these people that are spending six figure plus. Mm-hmm. They're, they're doing it because they want it as a weekend or a toy or... Uh, a month at a time. Right. But they want something comfortable. Whereas us DIY dirt bags are like, yep. just do it as cheap as you can, man. I want to have everything that I need, but I want to spend not a penny more on, right. on what I'm doing. But then you get these, and I don't want to get into this huge thing about it, but we can if you want. Dude, get into it. Uh, like, Make people angry, well, Jared. <laughs> I mean, on, I dude. just did Shane's podcast and we talked about that. <laughs> not to mean to plug Shane's at all. But and that's yeah, your fuck friend. That guy yeah, too. yeah, it's your friend. I know uh, as well. Uh, but we kind of ripped into the the, the backyard builders uh-huh. that are kind of trying to compete with the big companies. Oh, Pro Am. Yeah, he and I were Pro Am. That's that. a great term. Yeah. Um, and it's just like, dude, you've built like three vans. Not like Shane. I'm just saying in general. Mm-hmm. Like we're talking about anybody. Like, hey, you know, you built like three vans, and now you're you're charging two hundred thousand. Yeah. No. Yeah. You can't compete with, you know, the benchmarks and the tour rigs and the, the the nomad vans. Like you can't compete with those guys. Yeah, yeah. Those guys are the best of the best. Right. They have a production facility. Right. I mean, and you Mark have a from Nomadic Customs isn't even charging that much. Right. Right. And it's like, dude, yeah. And you're building it in. I call them backyard builders yeah. or, or driveway builders. Yeah. You know, and I don't know. Like, I, there's my rant. By the way, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I've been doing that a lot because I'm I'm tired of. I'm tired of people taking advantage of other people. Yeah. You know? Well, and the other thing is, it's, I think that I sort of have the wherewithal to know, like you were saying a few minutes mm-hmm. ago before we started this, that I don't know how to build. And so, like, 
because you I have, do because I have the podcast <laughs> and because I've been living in a van for two and a half years. Like every three weeks or so, somebody will DM me on Instagram. Like, how do you do that? Hey, no, will you build me a van? And I'm like, get the fuck out. No, for real. Yes, I used to get that a lot. I'm like, thank- hell no. You don't know how many corners I cut, dude. You mm-hmm. would not tolerate my van. Well, I'm glad that you have the 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 what did you call it? The wherewithal. No- wherewithal to thank know you. that I shouldn't be building other yes. people's vans. And yeah. here's the other thing: you have a lot of people that build that one or two vans like you've done. And they're like, all of a sudden, they see dollar signs. Yeah. They don't see morals or they don't have a morality to it right. where they're like, you know, instead they're like, oh, I can go make 30, 40 grand off of somebody. Yeah. yeah. And they're going to put like Ikea furniture in mm-hmm. there. And then a year later, that person's going to call them and be like, yo, my upper cabinet just fell off my wall. Everything fell apart. Yeah. But yeah. like for you and I, like for us to do it ourselves, like we'll do that all day Well, because we don't the, care. The thing is, if the, if the cabinet falls off the wall, I know exactly what I did wrong and exactly how to fix it. <laughs> yep. You know what I mean? Yep. Like I'll just put it right back up. And that's another thing though that, uh, okay. So that's, a, that's another interesting thing about, I was terrified about renting my previous van, the Metris, mm-hmm. because it had a cool electrical system, but it definitely had its limitations. If sure. you get a novice who doesn't know what they're doing, they were. Just, I, I'm pretty sure. I just had this discussion with somebody the other day where. How do you teach somebody to operate your van? You can't. You like it's almost like you need to almost. I don't want to say build your own electrical system because I don't think that anybody should. Yeah. Uh, especially <laughs> if they don't know what they're doing. Right. Um, but you really have to understand, you know, DC power mm-hmm. and inverters. And all of those components to really understand how the electrical system works. Like you need to do a week's worth of research before you can even take a van out because Start turning stuff on. Even. You can't. Like yeah. that's what I'm saying. Like, um, and here's the thing: you all we all have to go through it. I went through it on my first van. Mm-hmm. I called my dad at like you know nine o'clock at night, and I'm like, dude, what the fuck? Why is my refrigerator turned off? Mm-hmm. And it's because Dometic has a built-in safety mechanism mm-hmm. where your batteries get to a certain point and they're like yo dometic i'm not going to take power from your batteries so your lights can still turn mm-hmm. on so dometic is smart enough in that way yeah. arb all of the fridges do it that way however my, i didn't know that yeah you know what i mean you have to learn you have to mm-hmm. almost learn from your own mistakes mm-hmm. so um you know i, I see this with like because i'm friends with a lot of pro builders as you know mm-hmm. um i've been in offices where they're like they're, they'll get an email or a call from a client and be like, yo, my, my solar panel's not charging. And it's mm-hmm. like, no, it's 99% of the time user error. Mm-hmm. And that's what, you know, and I hate to say that, but it's true. Uh, you know, a lot of people, I, I use... Put my phone on silent for you, boss. Thank you. That was really uh, unprofessional on yeah, my part. Yeah, dude. God, now I'm going to have to go back and post and get that one beep out of this It was podcast. a nook. And you're about oh, to do cool. a podcast with yeah, her. So. Yeah, Hopefully she'll come float today. I, I invited her, so. Right, put your fucking phone away. <laughs> <laughs> and the true Marty comes out. The true Marty Benson comes Hold out, on everybody. Hold on a uh, wait, okay. So we were talking about how difficult it is to, to like learn how to operate a, an electrical system in a van. Yeah. Even just to use it. Not, not to mention putting it together. I think... I almost feel like it is. Da- it can be dangerous for somebody who's not either already educated or educating themselves very meticulously. It is dangerous for them to put an electrical system together. Yes. That said, I almost feel like if somebody's going to try to use an electrical system, they need to, if they're having a van built, they almost need to be there for the installation. Well, I can take you so as an example. So they can understand. Huh? Yeah, you as an example is perfect yeah. because – 
yeah, you did your first electrical system, but even you were like, eh, right? Your yeah. second electrical system, you had a pro yeah. practically build it with you. Right, right, right. Yeah. So you knew everything in mm-hmm. there. Listen, I'm on my third build. Mm-hmm. I did my first van. I did my second van, which I paid someone to do my electrical system, my second van, and my, my now Jeep, which is an overlanding rig. In my Jeep is the only time I've done the entire thing as a per, like a sole DIY mm-hmm. build. Um, and the electrical system included. However, I am friends with all these people and I like had a severe wire breakdown from Light Harvest Solar. And there's a bunch of companies that do wire diagrams, mm-hmm. but that's what you need because listen, going from solar panel into charge controller is one size wire and going from charge controller or whatever to like an inverter, which I don't have is another size wire. Yeah. And from like, you need certain fuses and certain breakers and mm-hmm. all that stuff. And it's like, if you don't do that exactly, fire yeah. starts. Yeah. And, we, and I've seen inverters blow up. I've seen, I've seen fire started in vans, but you know. Yeah. That's, that's, that's the other thing that I tell people is like, is like my cabinetry, eh, it's not great. But if you build a fucked up cabinet, it cannot blow you up. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> you know I mean, you're never going to set yourself it can on, fall, a, it can on hurt fire something. with a yeah. poorly built cabinet. And your cabinet's never going to fall with you just sitting in your van. It's right. only going to fall with you Why driving down the road. Around. Right. Yeah. Because we drive rolling earthquakes. So let's talk about – okay, uh, to get back to this controversial opinion that I was about to make. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have been sweating an air conditioner for two years. Oh, this is a controversial. I want one so badly. Okay. Because I grew up in the south in yep. the swamp yep. where it's 100 degrees and 100% humidity for like a lot of the humidity. summer. <laughs> you you wave your arm through the air and it starts raining below it. Uh, <laughs> everything is a cloud. Anyway, my point is... Oh, by the way, when you have uh, JC on, she went to school in Louisiana, so you guys can talk about the swamp. Oh, yeah, about how much it sucks in yeah. the south. Okay, LSU? go ahead. LSU, yeah. LSU? Um, yeah. yeah. Uh, all right, that's for later. Um, yeah. <laughs> just going to snap at everybody all day. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, air conditioner. So, here's my here's my thinking. I've studied the numbers. I do know a lot about electrical at this point. And, and yes, Terra X, I would like to shout them out because Alex really helped me with well, my electrical system. You didn't say you shout them out, but the guys, Alex from Terra X is the person that really – guided you to build your electrical system yeah 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 i, I want to de- make sure everybody knows that. i determined what what i wanted and he helped me with all of the wiring and, and crimping and layout yeah. and all of that stuff check out the van tour on jared tachi's youtube channel <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's shameless plug. any opportunity for a plug <laughs> um so i've studied the numbers i really want an air conditioner because i would like to be able to go anywhere on the continent in the summer okay and be comfortable okay but i think that an air conditioner in a van running off grid unless you're hooked up to shore power correct is only usable for part of the day correct because you cannot generate okay so let me ask you this solar power to run that thing 20 hours a day no absolutely absolutely not unless you have 800 to a thousand amp hours of of batteries but even then you'd need 1500 watts of solar no 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 no. you're going to be you're depleting your battery but it's not going to be as fast you know you have enough batteries what i'm trying to say but the point is you can't you can't no you can't generate enough to be power honest with you to run it day after day you ready for this one what? even plugged in you don't generate enough power <laughs> so the ones that are really screwing up their systems this is user error yeah are the ones that are plugging in using a 12 volt ac which is what i had in my van mm-hmm. and it still doesn't generate enough power right the reason is is because of the inverter amperage which is an inverter charger 
and your amperage coming in off of the shore power, which most are 30 amp because that's what your plug is. Mm -hmm. Well, guess what? Running an air conditioner is about 40 to 45, you know. However, your air conditioner doesn't run 24-7. Right. Your compressor turns on and off just like a refrigerator compressor. Right, right. So while your compressor is not running, but the fan is running, it's You're probably only, only pulling drawn, three amps. Not that much. Yeah. Maybe, maybe, yeah, two and a half probably. So that being said, while the compressor is not running, you are still gaining back that charge. Right, right. So yes, you can still keep a charge with 1500 watts of sol- uh, solar power, like you said. But 1500 watts, you can't fit on a normal fan. You're, you're you mad. You need a bus at that point. You're, yes, I know. Uh, I have 500 on my, yeah. I have 800 and I'm completely covered. You're covered. There are smaller, more efficient panels, but yes. even those, I could still probably only get a thousand on top of my van. I, I totally agree with you. The, like the most efficient panels I've seen are the ones that are on my Jeep right now. Sunflare solar, shameless plug. But <laughs> all right, I'm done with that. I'm okay, done with no, that. no, keep plug all you want to. But here's, here's my challenge to anybody at, uh, what's the other one? King tech or cruising comfort. My point. I actually like nomadic cooling. Nomadic cooling. Nomadic is, cooling is phenomenal. Okay. Well, it, it, this is to all. But the, the other two are great. But yeah, it, go ahead. Anybody who is building any of these things, you need to create a new. You need to innovate a new compressor because they can't. My point is. Nope. It's just fuck you money. It's, it has to. The it, only people who have air is five thousand. You got to put a, an additional two thousand dollars worth of batteries at least into your van on top of whatever you would have had otherwise. At yes, least. I had. And then you got a five thousand, four and a half thousand dollar AC, and you got to pay somebody to install it. So you're looking at nine thousand dollars for an air conditioning system. Whenever I have that you this, can only use for four hours a day. I understand it makes that. Makes me crazy. Okay, so I usually have this conversation with a lot of the people I consult with. Yeah. So it's uh, I got to do consulting on the side. And a lot of people ask me about air conditioning. I also have this discussion a lot in, you know, seminars and workshops that I do at events. It's 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 about management of the cooling apparatus over anything. Yeah. It's first of all, you're only going to use air conditioning for when you sleep. Maybe. I mean, me. Maybe. That's how I would do it. I want it to be sixty-eight. If you want to know all the day, every day. That's the thing. You you can't have that. <laughs> you can't do that. So in and a I van, keep my dog alive in it, the south. Yes, and I, I can't agree. Do that either. In in how I do it, and this is my tricks, is because we're in like I had a I had a cruiser comfort, which is a twelve foot air conditioner in a one forty four Sprinter. That is a ten foot by six foot space. Okay. Mm-hmm. The way that I managed it is I set my my uh, thermostat. It's between 80 and 85. Mm-hmm. And it's so high, you're like, yo, that's not enough. When it's 100 or 105 outside, that 20-degree difference makes it. a massive difference. Yeah. And because it's set so high, the compressor's not running all the time. Mm-hmm. As well as the space that you're in and sm- the size of it stays cool mm-hmm. because of – and now, again – Air con- you can't talk air conditioning unless you talk insulation. Right. You have to have really good insulation. Sure. You can't just have, you know, Pink Panther up there on the walls. Mm-hmm. Like, you probably could, but it's terrible for vans, period. But, like, you can't – you have to have really good insulation. I talk about that. You you can't talk about heating and cooling without talking insulation. Um, now, if you want to talk – like, there might be somebody on this podcast or watching it right now being like, what about the Fresair? Yo, the Fresair no. is a freaking – high-grade swamp cooler. Now, the thing is with Fresair, 
you go into anything over 80% humidity, which is most of the country, it does not work. It just blows like hairdryer air. My buddy, uh, my buddy is the CEO of that company. I oh my God. I Am didn't I just... know it because somebody was talking about these fresh air things. And so I so get did on, I just blow up their spot? I get online. Well, and the thing is, I, I actually got on the phone with him. I, this was about a year ago last year. I was in Vegas. They're good for what they do. Well, but he actually sent me a chart. Uh, yeah, that, that's on their website. The chart's on the website. Yeah, dude. he hadn't put it on the website yet when he sent it to me. Oh, and wow. I was like, I was like, dude, if you look at the thing is, this will work in Las Vegas where there's zero humidity. Right? In dry climates, in the desert, uh, Phoenix, it can potentially cool your place. As soon as you go east of the Colorado River, no way, you're screwed. It just doesn't work anymore. It does not work. Yeah, all it's doing is making your van wetter. <laughs> or yeah, east of the Colorado River, even like if you come up here, there's a lot of humidity up here in the summertime. Yeah. Um, or if you go, we're in we're in Oregon right now. Um, but I mean, if you go to the northeast, forget mm-hmm. about it. The south. Not even chance. Yeah, it won't work at all. Here's the other fun fact. For people that don't know this, everybody that loves Havelock wool, same thing. What? If you go into humidity, high humidity levels. Mm-hmm. Uh, it the, stops working. It it will absorb, but it doesn't release as well as it would in a drier climate. Mm-hmm. So like, and there's a chart on their website too. Yeah. Uh, if you check it, it's like something like 90% humidity. It doesn't. It doesn't release as well as it would in 70% humidity. Mm-hmm. It's something weird That's like that. That's pretty much true for every substance. It's, it is. Too, it though, truly is. You know? My mom, I didn't know this. My mom was a, a real estate agent before she retired in South Carolina. Um, she was pretty successful for a number of years selling, just reselling houses is what she did. It was like uh, already built like um, homes. And I never huh. knew until she told me this. You in It's so wet where I grew up. You have to keep the air conditioner running in an unoccupied house so that the house doesn't mold. Oh, I believe that. I that, 100% believe that's that. That's wild, dude. And it, that, that means a bunch of things because, like, if you look at these, uh, of course. Because everything hate, is sweating inside? Yeah. Yeah. I hate to say this, but, you know, our the only. We have a, we have a visitor. Yeah, Cosmo. The only architecture that we have in the South that's 200 years old or older or like plantation plantation homes. Oh, jeez. Yeah, it's dark. But we just went there. One of the interesting things that you can see if you go into one of those old, really old houses in the South is that they're built completely different. Sure. They have to have these huge breezeways. Hold on, Come one here, second. Bud. You can't get in that box. And that's the thing. They had to have these huge breezeways, yeah. uh, so that the the place could aerate uh, and air out. That's not G. I mean, honestly, it's like, <laughs> why did we lose these building practices? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know what happened to this. That's the that's the old like urban legend that I love thinking about in terms of reusable bags and stuff. Uh-huh. I was really involved in like plastic waste reduction. Uh, I know you were. You're an environmentalist. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, you know, we're trying to get everybody to move over to reusable bags. This is 10, 15 years ago. And the, the, the urban legend goes, you know, this really old woman goes into the store. Mm. And she's got a reusable bag. She's like 80 years old or whatever. And the cashier is like, wow, that's really progressive. It was wonderful that you're getting on this new environmentalism thing. She's like, I'm 80. 
this is how we did it when I was a kid. You know what I mean? We didn't have throwaway shit back in the day. It's and true, they built though. houses to last and it's stuff. It's true. Not a 70-year life, lifespan or whatever. You know, as you know, may know, I actually went to school for architectural engineering. Uh-huh. I remember in one of my classes, our professor asked us, um, when, when, what, when, uh, when you build a building, what is the shelf life of that building? as from a contractor or an architect standpoint Mm -hmm. and we have to know that going into it and buildings are actually now only built to last 50 years yeah which is wild to me it's crazy and i'm like what about after 50 years why can't we build them for 100 right and it's i think it's money yeah it's 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 that's what it comes down to it's cheaper to build them uh with a shorter lifespan yep well and then and then we have to rebuild them when we make more money right or whoever does, right? There's also, I mean, that's an interesting sort of like philosophical tension between, uh, I was talking to this guy in Half Moon Bay the other day who I really want to get on the podcast. He's like in his 70s, uh, computer programmer, and dude was like living on a boat. Love that. Really, really sharp. Um, and he was telling me, because he does websites for a bunch of climate change advocacy groups. Wow. And he was like, it is coming so climate change is coming so much faster than we realize and he's like i think if you're smart right now you need a sprout garden he's like a full-on like prepper at this point okay he's like you need a sprout garden you need to buy some land up in alaska right now and because the everything is about to change and people are going to be fleeing california well Um, they already are right 2021 a lot of that had to do with um, taxes right. and density. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I think California is going to be a very rough state it's in the be next less four to five years. Soon. Yes. When you have big, big name companies leaving, you know, yeah. that area, like just Southern California in general or Central California, mm-hmm. that's, I mean, that speaks volumes. I know we're kind of going off topic off of things. Yeah, right. But this is, this no, but is that's what that problem with me and Marty is. We'll do that. This is something that I've noticed like, the better I know somebody when I get them on the podcast, we just start having a conversation and there's no context for whoever's Zero. <laughs> I did one. With, I put one out that was super short with Moxie and Loon this week and I was listening to it and I was like, we're, just, we're doing nothing but making fun of each other all the time. <laughs> That's all we're doing. Um, uh, you know what? I, actually, I'll, I'll, I'll bring up a van question for you. Yeah. What do you feel like with the market boom of van life, do you feel that uh, the, the for sale market is going to be ridiculous in what time span because all of these vans that are being built right now eventually are gonna have to go on the market right do you think it's going to be six months a year five years is your question when is the bubble gonna burst yeah there you go there's a good i mean is are we in a bubble because bubbles can't be seen this is an interesting okay here we go uh i think that we're in 2021 right now yeah right now it is mid-june 2021 we're literally halfway through the year right now yeah it's june 13th that'll be the end of this month oh is it? i guess so you're yeah. right my bad my bad i can't do math guys. but so right now van prices are through the roof i've actually thought about just putting my market uh, mine on the market just at an unreasonable amount that i couldn't say no to but that's what somebody, everybody's doing right now somebody would buy it dude i just saw a bus for sale and buses do not typically sell as much as vans no and hard to move, this person's selling their bus right this person's selling the bus like fifteen or twenty thousand more than I sold my first van. Wow! And my first van was beautiful. Like was I nice. thought it was nice. Yeah, it was really nice. And I'm like, yeah. Did you ever see it? Yeah. You did. Yeah. Um. So I'm just like, whoa. And don't get me wrong, the bus is spectacular. Yeah. But it's professionally built. 
Mm-hmm. And I think they just want to recuperate their money. Right. Anyway, so yeah, going back to this bubble. So everything's really, really expensive right now. <laughs> On the secondary market, Max fans are selling for like $450. Dude, it's going it's to become a currency soon. Because they can't make them fast enough. Um, what The toilets. Think, the other one's toilets is a big... Yeah. They're expensive, yeah. I, so I think there's a fundamental question that needs to be answered before you can answer. Is there a bubble? When is it going to burst? <laughs> Which I, one's going to burst first? The, we, the, the, our the economy market yeah. or our van market? Well, in the, the I think one's going to go the other. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. When, yes. When our housing prices tank, which I the think vans is going to happen up. in the next three or four years. Uh, everybody's, six, eight months? Yeah. Yeah. It's going to happen soon. Oh, my God. Yeah. Um, and it's, and it's just It wouldn't like, surprise me if it's before the end of the year. You and I are at an age where we've seen the, the peaks and valleys. A couple of times. Yeah. A couple of times. And I hate to say this, history repeats itself. We yeah. all know that. Uh, our last major crash was in 08. Yeah. The one before that was in the mid-90s. And honestly, it's it's right when a presidency changes, usually from red to blue. Mm-hmm. And I don't know why that is. I just Maybe it's just coincidence. Yeah. Um, and I don't even want to go political on you. but Because uh, you and I have very similar political views. But like, I, I ju- I, it's coming. Yeah. It's coming. Yeah. It's not going to be as nasty as the 08. Hopefully not, yeah. And I think it's going to be more commercial this time. Oh, I, well, we're, so we're, we've got like seven I needed questions to get that on out record. here dangling. Yeah, I there. know. I needed to get that on record so um, the people will be like, oh, he's right. This is something that – so I, I think I have a different take on van life than most people do in terms of – Interesting. What's your take? In terms of its – in terms of its viability and and its reasonability, uh, and this is very this is a hyper political thing to say, not necessarily right left sort of political, but we have uh, an incredibly inadequate amount stock of affordable housing in this country, especially that's, in the that's, really popular that's places. Obviously to live. clear, and we have a wildly. Um, overblown stock of free parking for vehicles. Interesting. And so I don't think that living in a van makes any sense in a civilized society, mm-hmm. but we live in one that's just completely perverted its value structure in terms of free parking for vehicles versus affordable housing for human beings. And that's the, in my mind, our aggressive dependence on the automobile is the only reason that van life makes any sense. So first of all, have you seen Nomadland? Yeah. Was it, it was very dark. I didn't want to watch the whole thing. I love, I love Francis McDermott. I thought the movie was gorgeous and beautifully shot and really poignant. And I don't want my parents to see it because I don't want them to think, think that that's, what that's you are. my deal. Yeah. And it's funny because like she won best actress. Like it's so she's sad. One of the most phenomenal. She's incredible. Independent actors i've ever seen yeah um and she deserved an oscar for it and i believe the director won too she did and uh same director that's done a bunch of other good stuff right i i don't know what else she's done but she deserved it as well yeah it was um, beautiful i mean i watched a trailer and i cried yeah i'm like holy shit that's a good movie yeah and i honestly haven't watched it because i don't want to go into that dark place <laughs> i honest to god like i just know um but i feel like um you know, there's a that like this is like the changing of the guard where we're kind of going into that, like you said, like that society's kind of forcing us to go there because affordable housing is is not there anymore. Yeah. You know, I mean, 
if I wasn't making good money, I, I'd still be living in a van. Right. Right. And the only reason I'm, I, you know, I do as well as I do is because I worked my ass off for years. Right. Years. Right. So, yeah, I mean, it's just tough. It's hard to get ahead in, in, in uh, standard American style, right? Yeah. I don't know how else to do Wait, that. let's do that, actually. I, I, I teased at this a little while ago, 35 minutes into the podcast. Let's let's contextualize Jared, Jared Tachi for a second. <laughs> yeah. Finally, we're getting to know who I am. Okay, great. Even though I've been on this thing four times. <laughs> um, so, yeah, we are currently sitting in your backyard on your last <laughs> My night, last day. Your last That's night my last here. day here, yeah. yeah. Um, so you have for the last, what, eight months or something rented a place? Six. Six months? I've lived, I've been in Bend for, can I say Bend? Yeah. Yeah, I've been in Bend for uh, about seven and a half months, although I just rented this house only for six months. Uh-huh. I took a six-month lease on it. Okay. Um, and you're moving to Vegas tomorrow. Uh, I, is today Sunday? Yeah, I'm leaving tomorrow. I will be there Tuesday because okay. I'm going to sleep somewhere. Uh, my lease officially starts on the 15th, so on Tuesday and uh yeah i'm i'm you know marty and i actually know each other from the stand-up improv world Mm -hmm. and i have stepped away from that for the last couple years because i focus so much on my youtube Mm -hmm. you know career um i'm not giving up on youtube i'm not stopping youtube there i've been talking about going to vegas to pursue a stand-up comedy career which is what i did before van life which i did you know before everything else you know, I moved to L.A. in, in 2008 or nine, So I was pursuing acting and all that shit way before van life. Mm-hmm. Van life was just a great avenue for me to express myself, show that I can be entertaining on camera as well as no, uh, I can show my knowledge in building a design because that's what my degree is in. Right. And then I bring funny into it. And YouTube to me was just a perfect marriage of I can show van life design and, and all the products that I know and all the research that I've done as well as me being entertaining, which is what I truly love to do, mm-hmm. you know? So that's why I did YouTube. Now I'm going back to Vegas because I, again, I hate California. I hate Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. I think you do too. I have a love hate relationship with Los Angeles. All right. That's I'd fair like that Korean I can say I love it. A lot. <laughs> a whole I mean, lot. also they have the best Mexican food in the country, Yeah, you know, and, and, Korean food shore in Los Angeles. Yeah, I could see that. Um, nothing touches Chinese food on the East Coast, though, in my opinion. Um, Spoken like a true Bostonian. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> um, but anyways, I don't know where I was going with all that. So, uh, let, yeah, let's let's see. You, you were in a van. Um, you started a YouTube channel. You moved into a swankier, nicer van. You've been making a living on YouTube full time for probably like a year and a half or so. Maybe two years. Uh, about a year and a half. Yeah, it's actually yeah. a year and a half. Yeah, I would say I, I was making a living. I wouldn't say making. So I was making money on YouTube about two years ago, mm-hmm. and then officially a living about eighteen months ago. Okay. Yeah. Cool. And then now, um, about what would it have been like August of last year? You purchased a, um, a, a Jeep. Jeep Gladiator. Yep. It's your. But it's a childhood your, dream of your mine. Next kitsch gimmick for the internet. <laughs> I mean. Uh, Honestly, I, I so I am I don't have fuck you money, which I <laughs> yeah. want. Um, and everybody asks me like, why don't you have a van and a jeep? It's like, yo, I don't have fuck you money. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I can't do that. There's no space for toys yet. No, and and I I've always said that I want to do another van, and I will do another van. I have actually, and we can talk about what I see my future being um, in regards to adventure lifestyle type things because yeah. I want to do everything. Um, I want, I'll get into all that with you. 
So I want to rewind a little bit because you kind of put me on blast here. <laughs> um, That's my job. Yeah, I get it. I get it. Uh, 2016, so five years ago, I came up with the idea to live van life. Yeah. I saw, um, and actually she's a good friend of mine now, Kristen from Barefoot Theory. I saw her video on YouTube of her living in her van. Mm-hmm. And I brought tears to my eyes and I was like, I can do this. And I called up my dad the next day and I was like, is this even possible? And then my dad was like, not only is it possible, I actually built an RV with my dad when I was your age. And I was like, adorable. I was like, dad, I got to do this now. I have exactly. Everybody's face did exactly what yours just did. Play catch with me, dad. Exactly. (laughs) And then we wanted to murder each other by the end of the build. <laughs> of course. <laughs> but I actually spent six months doing research and saving up money. I worked two full-time jobs, an overnight position, and I was a manager at some other thing job uh, during the day. I slept maybe four to six hours a day, split up, um, and I, I saved up a bunch of money so I could pay for my entire build cash. Mm-hmm. And I was hoping not to work during my build. was not the case. I still had to work. And uh, I built out my first van, finished it in June of 2017, mm-hmm. sat on footage, sat on the idea of YouTube for six months, finally started a YouTube channel. January 2nd was my first video that I posted and of uh, 2018. And that to this day, that is my most viewed video at over 2 million views, mm-hmm. which is weird. And I have 380 videos up online. Anyways, and then I got a second van two years later after I've been loving van life, built out the best of the best van. Nobody's even come close to my van. I don't care what anybody says Um, uh, from a DIY perspective. I call it a DIY assist build. Anyways, uh, I lived in that for like 14 months. And then, you know, I realized, you know, uh, the pandemic hit and I was like, you know what? I just got to... I, I want I was planning on selling that van in 2021 so this time this year yeah. and uh, I was like you know with the pandemic it just kind of expedited my entire thought process sure. just sped everything up exactly and I am a very big tiny home enthusiast I think minimalism is the way to be um, so I looked into starting doing container homes mm-hmm. which has been a passion of mine for since I've been in college and I graduated in 05 so that has been a passion of mine owning a Jeep has been a passion of mine ever since I was a child. So that was my idea. We're going to get a Jeep. We're going to do a container home. Mm-hmm. Got the Jeep. Couldn't afford a container home. Mm-hmm. So now I think down the road, I want to start uh, a thing called Ghost Town. Cool. And the name of my brand is Ghost. Originally, it was an acronym. It still is an acronym. It stands for Ground Home Operation Stealth Transportation, which pertained to the van. Mm-hmm. Now the acronym is going to be slightly different for Ghost Town as well as Ghost Overlanding. Mm-hmm. So now I have a Jeep that's built into an overlanding rig. Somebody recently said it reminds me of an inside-out van because I have everything mm-hmm. in a van but out inside out. It's in the bed of the in, in the bed of the truck. Bed of the truck, and then you've got the Desert Armor. Uh, Shout out to Desert Armor. Yep, um, I, I do a Desert Armor rooftop tent. Uh, at the time, there were very few companies that had the short bed hard shell tents. Mm-hmm. I went with them because they're a good company. Um, but yeah, Ghost Town, where I think eventually will happen which will be my container home. I'll maybe have a couple tiny homes that I can rent out as well as like four to six parking spots, everything off grid for van lifers right. and a maker space 
where people can come and work on their vans. I can help. I can lend hand to you can you can hire me to, to do some work with you. Oh, That's yeah. kind of like my retirement dream. Yeah, you know, it sounds like you and I are actually on. We have the same like low key uh, hunger. I I realized about a month ago or something that my next play mm-hmm. is I love living in the van. I love my van. I don't want to do any new van anytime soon. If somebody paid me. 30 or $40,000 more than my van is worth right now, I would take that money. But you might get 20. I would, you aside might get 20 from over. that, I don't, I don't need another van. But when this, when, when the, uh, real estate market implodes, I'm buying some land somewhere. That's my next. I, that's yeah, that's actually what deal. I'm waiting that's for. That's what you're saying. Right? That's exactly what yeah. I'm saying. In 2022, I plan on buying Probably a half acre. That's it. Where you? Where you? I don't need that much space. Yeah. That's the thing. I don't know where yet. Yeah. Right now, I I actually might do it differently than what everybody else and their mother is doing right now, which is that buying up land. However, Marty and I don't have money from background. No. Other of our friends do. I'm not hating on that. You could have ended the sentence for me at money. I actually do have money. I'm just looking to invest it properly. Yeah. Um, however, I I can't blow everything that I have in my savings account on land right now. Right. Um, I ha- I want to actually have stuff that I can do other things with. Anyways, there are other of our friends that have land, and I'm like, where'd you get that money from? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. we know where you got that money from. Well, I I saw a BBC article a couple of months ago, and it was saying that like this generation, ours are the one that blow us. It wasn't even pertaining specifically to a generation. You and I are like uh, traditionally a little bit late in life to be buying, you know, <laughs> late bloomers in terms of like thinking about buying property and stuff. But this article was basically saying that the majority of first time home buyers are buying it with family wealth yes. as opposed to wages or salary. Isn't that weird? It's, it's just more evidence that. Oh, we're, we are not keeping up with affordable housing stuff. We are setting ourselves up for a massive crash in yeah. 15 to 20 years, yeah. you know, um, because, listen, like that family wealth is eventually going to go away if you're spending it the way that we are. Exactly. Um, and uh, that's why I, uh, my parents taught me the value of a dollar at a very young age. Mm-hmm. You know, I could tell you a quick story. Like I went to a I went to go buy my first BMX bike, you know, when I was 14 or something mm-hmm. and uh, walked in with my dad. We go up to the counter. I got this $180. I remember exactly. It was 100 and something, like 96 with tax. So it was a $180 bike. And I remember being at the cash register and the guy's like, yeah, it's going to be 100 and something dollars. And I turned to my dad and he was like, I'm not buying this for you. And I'm like, what? And we're at the cash register at this place. And I'm like, he's like, you want this? You earn it. I had to go put the bike back. Ooh. I went and got a job as a busboy at 14 years old, mm-hmm. saved up the entire summer and bought my BMX bike at the end of the summer with like, I had like, I made like 300 bucks that summer because I was $4 an hour or something right, stupid. Right, right. And it was just like, not to really age us there. I, mean, I just made myself look, sound like I was 75 years old, <laughs> but, uh, but that's true. I mean, my that's what we did. I felt like that this morning, dude. <laughs> dude, tell me about it. Um, I was going to say, oh, so I am going to put this on record and. Someone's probably going to steal my idea before this or before I get to do it. Uh, and I talked about it actually camping recently with a couple of friends. What I think my next overlanding rig is, you ready for this one? Is I would love to team up with 
you know, a big electric car company mm. like a Tesla mm. or like a canoe. I don't know if you've you seen those. Silly ass truck they make. Canoe or Tesla Cybertruck. <laughs> this is what I, I actually want a Cybertruck. Yeah. I would like um or Rivian is another good company. I think Atlas is another company. Anyways, I'd like to get one of those trucks, make it into an overlanding rig. However, I'd like to tow I would like to tow an off grid trailer. So like for example, my friends at Overkill Campers design trailers that are meant to go excuse me, off roading. Bouncing, yeah. Bouncing around. The steel frame, it's rugged rugged. And I would literally create a rolling E V station. Yeah. With a bunch of batteries, and like solar out, panels, solar. yes, yeah. and it's like because people are like, "Oh, there's not enough charging stations." Bitch, I would create my own charging <laughs> station, and I would plug in my Tesla strip or whatever right into my rolling battery bank, yeah. and I would have a bunch of all electric toys in that. Yeah. I would have you know an all electric mountain bike, you know, my one wheel, like all bunch of different toys yeah. inside of this yeah. trailer, cool. and that would be my overlanding dream. That sounds right fun. There. That would be cool. Yeah, I have been thinking about like and i guess it's just probably not cost effective but i've been wondering every time i'm going down uh somehow it seems like all of my ex-girlfriends had priuses <laughs> but uh so i've driven <laughs> is, a prius is this, is this a pattern mark? i've driven a prius a lot yeah i don't care what you look like as long as you drive a prius <laughs> um, but oh, man. you know they have the regenerative braking in those things and every time i'm driving my heavy ass van down a hill i'm like why didn't they make this thing hybrid now, let me ask you this. Does Toyota hold a patent on that? No. The skateboards have it. Oh, they do? Yeah. All the electric skateboards. So you're asking why hasn't Tesla what? incorporated that into their bills? No. Why hasn't Dodge incorporated that into the ProMaster? Why? If I could. Well, because they're not a hybrid vehicle. That's Why not, though? That's my question. Dude, it's not if cheap to build a hybrid vehicle. If I could get 35 vehicle, miles to the gallon in that thing, it would be not, worth five or 10000 more dollars to it's, me. There's a lot more engineering into that, and you and I are not mechanical engineers. Damn right. But I do know a little bit about the space, very, very little. Yeah. Uh, it's not easy nor cheap mm-hmm. to make a vehicle hybrid. Right. Um, you know, and weight. You know, we're adding Those a batteries lot are more weight. Heavy. Yeah, yeah, all of them. Any battery is going to be heavier uh-huh. than anything else. Um, you know, that's probably the best answer I could give you yeah. is why isn't a, a van more hybrid efficient? If they could, they'd make it by now. Yeah. You know, like think about Aren't all the delivery trucks. Electric Sprinter? Are those no, out? they're still going to be doing them. Yeah. It's, it's in production. It's not in production. It's being, you have to, you know, they've got to go through rigorous amounts of beta testing, crash testing, all of these things that, that are behind the scenes that you and I don't see or just the general public does not see mm-hmm. there is a lot of hoops to jump through before you can you know do that Market and it, that thing. yeah and it, it's funny because like freaking elon comes on every other month and is like we're gonna do the the semi truck and everybody's like waiting for the semi truck this was like a year and a half ago and where's the semi truck that can get a thousand miles it's like yo it takes a lot to get there every time i see that guy talk i throw up in my mouth a little bit i know you don't like him <laughs> I, I know you him. don't like him. i hate him so much i know you don't like him. he's like the perfect like like 21st century like american super villain well who do you guy. hate more him or jeff bezos uh or i could even throw in trump's name into that oh, one. My god. <laughs> oh my god they're perfect dude put them all on a raft man we could play what is that what is that uh marry fuck, fuck mary carol? <laughs> 
no. With the three of them? I think the answer uh, is suicide. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going outside of the box here, man. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my God. That's a funny one, man. Oh, that's terrible. Uh, I actually, I mean, I like Elon's business practices. I obviously don't know him as a human, but... He seems pretty shysty. Yeah, I think he's just like... I mean, Jeff is probably the worst of the worst. You know, the thing is, everybody's so upset about Amazon, and... I mean, he's given a lot of people jobs. I have a weird take on Amazon, I think, is that, like, Amazon is the answer to retail. And the problem, in my mind, isn't... Wow, this is a real tangent. But the problem, in my mind, isn't Amazon or the way that Amazon conducts business and it's not even necessarily the rich guy at the top that's greedy and just hoarding hoarding all this money the problem is our corporate law structure Mm -hmm. in the united states is because the dude is by fiduciary duty he's obligated to make as much money for his shareholders and as much money for himself as he can obligated yeah and and that's that's our problem the problem the idea of not having to have a brick and mortar store and stuff just comes to your house and it's all packed into a tiny little place is awesome. What we need to do is have regulations in place to where he can't keep all all that much money and can't mistreat his employees. You know what I mean? So I mean, we don't really know. I would does, he mis- <laughs> does he mistreat his employees? I'm Especially thinking- if he'd be my sugar daddy. Yeah, wow. <laughs> Hi, daddy. Hi, daddy. Um, I guess all those dudes are rich. <laughs> Uh, I mean, that's kind of like tiny hands would probably hurt the least. Oh my god, does he have tiny hands? <laughs> no, I was referring to Donald Trump. Oh, 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 oh! I was gonna say. I mean, you could throw in like, is, do you think Cuban is a capitalist pig? Oh, I don't know anything about that guy. He's or, a football or, or basketball guy. Basketball, or but he also his hand in a bunch of stuff. Mm. I mean, you could also talk about what's his name from Facebook, Zuckerberg. Zuckerberg, he's cute. Um, oh Jesus! So. So Ghost Town, yeah. What, what's your what's your what's your plan when you uh, when you go down to um, so Ghost Town? Well, in, before Ghost Town happens, you're sure. going to move to how long of a lease have you signed in Vegas? I signed a one year lease in Vegas. Okay, you're leaning into it, and you. Uh, I figure if because it's going to take me a year. Because listen, you as somebody that is familiar with the arts. Um, or creative artistry um, in regards to stand-up, improv, acting. You have to give it your all. Yeah. And just like a sport, I usually use uh, creative arts related to sports. Just like a sport, you have to practice almost every day Mm -hmm. for you to get better at it and to really start doing big things with it. And you're out of practice. I'm right way now. out of practice. Yes. I'm 18 months to two years out of practice. Mm-hmm. So everybody's like, I want to see you book a show, book a show. They're like, listen, yo, I don't I don't feel confident enough on stage where I can just yeah. go and book a show. I'll give you a shout when I fall on my face 50 times first. Right. Yeah. And it's like, dude, you, got, you guys got to understand this. It's going to take me three months for me to be up on a routine where I can go up and practice and get back into that mm-hmm. and then start booking shows and then start inviting people to those shows mm-hmm. or start recording them and putting them online. It's I'm still a ways out from that. That's why I gave myself one year in Vegas. And, oh, I talked about Ghost Town earlier. Everybody and their mothers getting into it. I started to say this. Everybody's going out into the middle of nowhere. Everybody I know wants to build a van collective right now. Right. So Mine's a little saying, bit different. 
You're saying you're not going to go out in the boondocks. No. Cool. I'm going to be more of a cityscape. Uh-huh. Whereas I'm thinking like downtown Denver. Or, okay. Or I like to be in an arts district somewhere. Uh-huh. Yeah. Arts district of Denver is beautiful. Arts district of Las, Las Vegas is beautiful. Mm-hmm. Um, it's more of a grungy, more of like a hippie vibe. Not hippie, but hipster vibe. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't want to say grungy, but it's like it's downtown feeling. So imagine like a a van life oasis in a downtown setting. <laughs> did I just trigger something? Yeah, you did. Okay. And I don't maybe you can explain this fantasy to me that I have in my brain. For okay. some reason, I romanticize the city of Detroit. And you I've can, never really spent a lot of time in Detroit. Land in Detroit. Oh, you can get land for like four dollars in Detroit. Yeah. Especially like anywhere around Flint. Yeah. Well, <laughs> Flint. Like, yeah. yeah, I mean, I know they have a lot of problems. You need to bring your own tanker full of water over there. Yeah, yeah you do. Unfortunately but so. Yeah, Guys, Detroit. we need to help Flint. Um, but have you? I haven't spent too much time in Detroit. I have a lot of friends from Detroit. Um, I've driven through Detroit to get into whatever that Canadian city is right there. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, but that's about it. Um, I'm trying to find somewhere that is a little bit more climate friendly than a Detroit. Yeah. Um, if I went to anywhere Denver that had has pretty good weather, Denver has great weather. Yeah. If I went somewhere that had more of a four season, I would look into New Hampshire, Vermont. Yeah. Um, but again, I want to be in like, even where I'm sitting right now, bend is a big enough city where it would work, mm-hmm. but I'd want to be like downtown bend. Right. You know, everybody else that I know is looking at, you know, places that have a couple thousand people in, in population, right? Right. And they're trying to buy 10 acres instead of half a one. Exactly. I'm like, what, what the what the fuck am I going to do with 10 acres? Right, right. That's why I'm like, dude, I can do it on a half acre. I can do it on You're a full acre. You're four-wheeler, dude. Yeah, exactly. Well, <laughs> that's the thing. This is more of a community space than a camping space. Right. This is, let me come through town. Let me have a safe place to park. Let me have somewhere to work on my van. Maybe even build a van. You know, and I'd come up with a tier structure where I can start charging people, you know, properly for that. You know, I'm so interested to hear. Hold on one second. Hey, is is he inside? Okay. I'm so interested to see the way that a municipality would would react to that. That's the other thing. You have to, like, for example, I actually, um, I spent, um, I was either one or two nights, I think it was two nights, at a place called Tiny Digs. Okay. Mm-hmm. Tiny Digs actually walked me through all the processes that I need. Cool. Because Tiny Digs is legitimately a tiny home community in downtown Portland. Okay. Not downtown Portland, but like in Portland. So you have to follow the zoning requirements for something like that. Right. The best thing you have to do, and this I, I can give this away to everybody, is to get an RV lot. Mm-hmm. You need an RV lot. And then everything else is like you just got to jump through a few hoops here right. and there. Yeah, I know, for example, I know in Encinitas, technically speaking, it is illegal for you to use a vehicle as a habitation, even on somebody's private property. Right, unless you have an RV lot. But if it's an RV lot... Then you can get away with it. Yeah. So, how I would want to do it... You need it to already be zoned as an RV lot, right? Or you got to convince them to rezone You'd have to maybe convince it. them to rezone it, yeah. which is, again, this is a lot of hoop jumping Sounds through. expensive. It can be. It can also be... Who you know, mm-hmm. it's um, you know, getting in, getting in tight with the you know, 
uh, people in the city hall or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, that is why I'm looking at cities like Las Vegas where it might be a little bit easier. Denver's going to be hard. You know, Boise would be kind of a cool city to be in. Dude, I was even looking at Bellingham because you, Seattle and Vancouver are right there. Um, you know, Salt Lake City. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, probably not there. Um, but now I'm looking at like a Sedona. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, my friend over here brought up Taos, New Mexico. Mm-hmm. You know, small. Those are small. Right. I need something bigger. So it might be like a Scottsdale, which is outside of Phoenix. Um, I don't know. I'm kind of open at places in Texas. Yeah. Really don't give a crap. Um, but it's again, it's a lot of zoning requirements. It's a lot of how many structures you can have. It's a lot of whether it's an RV. Uh, me, I'm probably if I'm looking more of a downtown setting. I'm looking more at like a work live uh, zoning where I can have a work live space and I can build my structure as well as an RV lot. Mm -hmm. So, yes, that is why it's taking me so freaking long to do this Mm -hmm. because I have to, number one, find the city and number two, find a city that's allowing me to do all of that. Because I talk about this on my YouTube all the time and people are like, when's Ghost Town popping? And I'm like, yo, it ain't that fucking easy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Um, let's talk, let's talk about YouTube for a second. Sure. Uh, people can tune into your Ted talk or whatever to get the whole YouTube. Thing. <laughs> <laughs> like, just Do like, I talk a lot? I'm sorry. No, no. Yes. You talk all the fucking time. That's why we're friends. Uh, what, what is YouTube? What is being a YouTuber look like? What's the, give us the, give us the kind of short, uh, version of like, okay. Wh- I can give you the, why, I can give you the best answer. For this. Why did it work out for you? I know you bust your ass. I'm going to answer that one, but you asked the question a second ago. Okay. What, is a, what does a YouTuber look like? What does being a YouTuber, being look, a YouTuber like? look like? Uh, and then remember your other question because yeah. I'll probably forget it. Being a YouTuber looks a lot more glamorous than what it really is. Okay. Um, it's, and the reason I say that is because social media has fucked up a lot of our psyches. Mm-hmm. I just had this discussion with our other mutual friend, Alexa. Mm-hmm. Alexa was actually afraid to say that she was selling her van because of the shame that she was going to get from social media. Yeah. How can anyone live that way? That is wrong. Yeah. That's fucked up. Yeah. Stop doing that. And it's because of what Instagram, Pinterest, YouTube has done to us. So being a YouTuber is fantastic. I love sharing my knowledge i love sharing everything that i do uh and my life but it also gets like a a lot of my youtube channel i don't put a lot of my personal life out there Mm -hmm. you know i might eventually in the future um but nobody knows if i'm single or dating somebody nobody knows you know my sexual orientation nobody knows where i live or my like you know like all that kind of stuff Mm -hmm. you know i'm not like a logan paul you know i'm i think i'm a hybrid of a logan paul meets any of those van life channels, mm-hmm. you know, but that's kind of my, I don't know. I, I actually love it. I do love YouTube. That's my problem. Yeah. Um, and also be careful what you wish for. The people are like, I want to be a YouTuber. Eh, do you? Yeah. Do you? Yeah. You know, I, you know, I want to be an influencer. Do you? I turned down a lot of work. Mm-hmm. I turned down a lot of like, Hey, promote my brand. Hey, do this. No, I'm fucking, I pick and choose who I get to work with, yeah. which is kind of cool. So I will say that. Yeah, cool. Uh, oh, and then the, the other question that I asked is, why did it work out for you? Your first video sort of popped off immediately, right? I think it was because of what I said earlier was I took my knowledge of architecture and design mm-hmm. 
as well as 10 years of tra- of stage training, mm-hmm. workshops, seminars between acting. I'm a graduate from I.O. West, which is Improv Olympic, um, which is like a Groundlings or a Second City or something like that. Or They or, all shut down, though, now. Well, yeah, they had it's to. all gone. Yeah. Well, I.O. closed, yeah. Yeah. But our I.O. West closed. I.O. Chicago's still up. Is it? And, I think they closed, too. Did they? I believe so. Well, they're probably going to revamp it, no? I think Charna called it quits, man. That's too bad. Yeah. That's right. You were involved with I.O. as well. I only... Or UCB? I did I did the UCB pro... I did a lot at UCB. I never studied at I.O. Okay. I, I graduated from I.O. West. I.O. too. Oh, you did? Yeah. I.O. was one of my favorite stages. It was fun. Um, I.O., I was a graduate from their improv program. I actually took sketch comedy classes at Second City, and I took writing classes at Second City, mm-hmm. pilot writing classes. So I had all of this training on top of a degree in architectural engineering. Mm-hmm. So I feel that YouTube for me, oh, I also went into YouTube knowing that it was a marathon, not a sprint. Mm-hmm. You know, I didn't get monetized because of the changes that YouTube was going through. I didn't get monetized for the first five months of having a channel. Yeah. I made zero dollars for five months. Mm-hmm. I knew that. I was okay with it. Yeah. My first check was like 300 bucks. And when I say that to people, they're like, oh my God, that was a great first check. It was. Yeah. But I actually looked at the whole changing of the YouTube monetization of that five month period was a blessing in disguise for me because it really taught me I'm making content for me, not for them. Right. And that's what I think my truth comes through that in Mm -hmm. the lens. I think like how I speak and what I show, there's a lot of truth to what I say and what I do. And that is why I probably a little more successful than some other people or my longevity is still there. Mm-hmm. When I first started, what was it? It's now almost four, three and a half years. People were like, oh, your channel is going to be dead in a year. Hmm. And I'm like, bitch, no, it ain't. And I am now proving that, you know, I am still, you know, exponentially growing. The first year I got like 20,000 subs. The second year I got 25,000. My third year, I got 50,000. Mm. And now I'm on pace to hit about 50 to 60,000 this year. You know, so fuck yeah, dude. Like, I love what I do. Yeah. You know? That helicopter's got a gun on it. More than that. <laughs> Big gun. Interesting. It had the thing that actually could fuel midair. So, um, okay, yeah, we're. You have, are you still doing Who's This Effing Guy? So, yeah, I do have another channel, and I'm going to do that as a, like, almost like a Bill Burr meets Joe Rogan podcast. Okay. Uh, Monday Morning Podcast meets a Joe Rogan experience. Uh, it's because I'm going to do half solo, half, or as many guests I can get. Right. That's going to be predominantly the podcast, the Who's This Effing Guy. And then, and I'm not going to start that until I get to Vegas. Mm-hmm. And then I will put comedy routines on that channel. Awesome. Okay. Because my other channel, I don't cuss, I don't swear, I don't show provo- provocative stuff. Uh, my main channel, because I I want to get paid the most on, my, on the tiers. I don't know, dude. I think a $4,500 mini split AC system is pretty provocative. <laughs> <laughs> Depending on how you look at it. <laughs> It got me angry. <laughs> Did it get your mad? No, I just, I want one. You know what I mean? And it just doesn't make sense. You don't have the power though. Like that's the other thing. Like even, even with my four battery setup on my last van, but this I is still said it's not enough. This is the other thing that all of the, we're going just completely. We literally went wire. like this now, way. Like a hard right. <laughs> that's the thing though. And the, 
The analogy that I use is beer, right? It's like okay, I use sports. You use beer. Everybody's sure. like, you need more batteries. You need more batteries. I only have two hundred amp hours and I have eight hundred watts. To most van builders, that seems completely out of that balance. is that is unnecessary. It seems out of balance, but I have an all electric kitchen, and I need to be able to generate two hundred amp hours a day. Because I live in the van every day and I have a routine of cooking three meals a day and making coffee off of my electrical system. Okay, so I'm going to say this to you and I have no means to interrupt you. If we if we had Miles, which is the owner of Light Harvest Solar uh-huh. sitting right here, he would say, you, it, it doesn't, yes, you don't, it doesn't matter how many panels you have compared to your batteries. It really doesn't unless you have one 100 watt panel and 800 amp hours of battery. That just doesn't make any sense, right? So... He would say you. Uh, he would want you to like have another contraption to use it as a solar dump, is what he calls it. So you could literally unplug from your. And I, I did a tour with somebody that had a bus. They had an exorbitant amount of panels, like you did, right. and they only had like 200 amp hours. So what they did was is they unhooked their from their main batteries and plugged it into a portable power stations like the ones I have. Yeah, and that would solar dump into that portable power station yeah. and then you can go back into your system but the thing is it's it, it, it would be nice to have more storage whether it's a portable power system or more batteries or whatever but my point is it's not going to damage my batteries or my charge controller no that's what the charge controller is meant to do right but it's like it's 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 like are right, you you're 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 like staying at a hundred percent most of the I'm, I'm usually at a hundred percent by 10 a.m do you have a dc to dc charger yes. too see it's, but i don't drive much well, that's fair. When I'm in town, staying in Encinitas where I live most of the time, like I've driven a ton in the last week, but normally I'm like 15 miles a day, maybe driving. And that's fine. Yeah. So you're so all of your charge is coming off your and panels. What I need to be able to do is get 200 amp hours on December 21st. On the winter solstice, I need to be able to generate 200 amp hours. And the beer analogy is this. Yeah. Is it does matter. Depending on what you're using your van for, it does matter how many panels you have relative to your battery because if, if, you're, if you have a weekender with 200 watts of solar on top sure. of it and you only take it out three, <coughs> six, six, let's say six days a month mm-hmm. and it's sitting there for two weeks with 200 watts charging, you can charge 400 amp hours in two weeks with 200 watts. You can totally okay. do that. But I need 200 amp hours or 150 amp hours every day of the year because I live in the thing, right? And so the analogy that I make is if everybody thinks that I should have four or 600 uh, amp hours of battery, but my point is if I can't generate 200 amp hours in a day, then I'm never going to fill that up because I'm using 200 amp hours in a day, right? And so if I give you – the analogy that I make is if I give you a gallon bucket mm-hmm. and I pour a pint – of beer into it, okay. you're not going to get any drunker than if I give you a pint glass with a pint of beer in it. You know what I mean? So I could have a thousand amp hours of of battery power, but if I can only generate 150 amp amp hours on December 21st, and I use 150 amp hours on December 21st, I'm going to be at the same level of charge at the end it's of the next not, day. Anyway. I, I get I get what you're saying. The reason people have more batteries is because on that winter solstice day. Let's say you have a thousand. We'll just keep the number simple. Let's say you have a thousand amp hours, which, by the way, not many people can afford a thousand amp hours, <laughs> nor do they need a thousand Nobody amp hours. We're just that. saying that for argument's sake. Just to be a, a, a excessive. Right. Yeah. So 
on at, like I'd love to see the averages of what people use amperage per day. Right. Right. And and uh, I would be shocked if people use over 100 amp hours per day. I I, I, I can tell you I'm at about 160 per day. Yeah. Okay. Because I make three meals a what day. What do you? Fair enough. What do you use after sunset? Um. Probably thirty or forty. Okay, so realistically, you can last about five days with no sun. No, I take that back because you use one hundred and sixty. I take. I, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I take that back. That was a dumb comment. I can last a day and a half. Right. But sun. I'm saying like. The reason people have the thousand, I guess this is my point. The reason people have like a thousand amp hours is because they can last a heck of a lot longer. So they can go and park in the shade for three days. Technically. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, you know, if I had, if I had $2,000 shaking around in my pocket right now, I, mean, I might buy two to more. To be dollars, honest with you, you know? if I was to do even, even a full time, um, I would put up like a dinky solar panel, maybe, maybe like a, a Solaria, which is a really nice commercial grade panel, or even like a Sunflare, which is what I have. You know, I put up a nice, you know, maybe 200 watts of solar, right? I would probably invest in the nation's separate alternator. Yeah. And then you can idle charge on a nation's alternator. Like 100 amps or something. Something stupid. Yeah. yeah. And that, the separate second alternator charges your batteries way faster than any panel right now. Yeah. But even if you're you're in motion or idle, Mm -hmm. DC to DCs are great. But at best, you're going to get 50 amps. Mm-hmm. And at idle, I think you get like five. Mm-hmm. So you can't really idle charge on a on your stock alternator. It's great if you're moving around and or if like it's a cloudy day and you're realizing you're depleting your batteries, you can drive around. But like really and like and for you, like you have the solar panels. I get what you're saying. I've always told people the people that are 100 percent electric, which is what you are. Mm-hmm. Uh, what's your heat? You don't have a heater. I don't have a heater. So but, but I have so much solar. That I can run a space heater. In the oh, van, that's true. Even in the winter. So I would say, like, I think the sweet spot. I tell people this on on consulting. The sweet spot for all electric is 300 amp hours. Mm-hmm. That's a that's enough where you're like, don't really need to watch it. Right. You can kind of still live your life, pretty much as 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 much as you want. 400 is like, I don't really give a fuck what's going on. That's what I have, mm-hmm. uh, with the exception of the AC. Um, and then. You know, 600's overkill. Yeah. But like 200 is more than enough. Yeah. It's been working for me. I'm super interested to see what happens when I get into more cloudy and rainy climates and stuff. Mm-hmm. I mean, I only have 100 on my Jeep. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. I have 100 on my... DC to DC charger? I, I do, and I have yet to hook it up. Oh, really? Yeah, because there's no... Like, I have, a, need it. I have one of the highest efficiency rated panels on the market. Uh-huh. And that's I'm, a flexible panel, right? Hell yeah, yeah. it is. Cool. Yeah, it's a it's it's a military grade. You can I can stand on that bitch. Cool. Yeah, it's it's if you support it properly from underneath, you can walk on that. Dope. Yeah, I mean I I mean they're rated for like eighty mile an hour hailstorms and shit. Mm-hmm. Um, but those panels, I have a hundred watt panel. I can say I have a hundred watt panel. I think it's like a five hundred and fifty dollar panel. Mm-hmm. I think. I mean, I'm an ambassador for Sunflare, so I get stuff. I don't yeah. mind saying that, but. Yeah, they're they're top of the line panels. Right. You know, Solaria. Like, if you were to get like a four hundred watt Solaria panel, which is again commercial grade panel, they're beautiful. Uh, they're four hundred watts. I think they run about three fifty. Wow! But they're beautiful That's panels. Expensive. 
They are inexpensive. Yeah. And that's what I'm saying. It's like you can get one 400 watt panel for three to 400 bucks. Mm-hmm. That's all you need. Yeah. That is all you need. So uh, let's get back over to the YouTube thing for a second. Yeah, sorry. I want to wrap this up. We, we could do this for three hours. Ow. Um, Don't pick up the pine cones. <laughs> are they pointy? Ah, they're fucking hard. <laughs> yeah. I just stabbed myself. You did it twice. <laughs> <laughs> Don't remember this Oh, thing. Jared. Uh, uh, yeah, back to YouTube. We're uh, going to wrap wh- up with that. Yeah, yeah. Where, where do you see your Jared Tachi YouTube channel not who's the seven guy you explained that but where where are you going to move what's changing how's it going it's like, not you know it's funny it's like going to keep doing the same oh, mostly yeah. van tours and stuff i will i want to broaden my tours um i do love the fact that i am the person doing the tours mm-hmm. i don't hire videographers um i would like to hire an editor at some point in my life but you i had can't one i one did point, right? i did and uh, he was actually great um but i want i want to almost have a personal relationship with my editor yeah. uh, so they understand me a little bit more. Um, and I do actually like to edit. Um, I just don't have the time to do it anymore. Mm-hmm. So I would like to hire an editor. I still love being my own videographer, although I, I would like to find other close friends. Like if you wanted to videography uh, a tour, as long as you do it in my style, as an in intro the same way I do it, mm-hmm. as well as having a conversation with them. I feel like I was one of the first van life tour people that had conversations with people mm-hmm. now i hold my own because i'm improv trained and i know vans right so g- going back to your question is where do i see that channel going i want to broaden my horizon with the tours i want to do more tiny home tours i want to mm-hmm. do overlanding rig tours as well as definitely still van tours uh i'm very involved in the van life community mm-hmm. i want to continue doing um more travel adventure vlogs in my jeep meeting up with people, meeting good people, going to events. I have event in July that I'm scheduled to be at, which I'll be talking about, uh, talking at. I also have an event uh, in September that I'll be at uh, as well as competing in. That, the one in September is called Gutted. Uh, I'm doing Colorado Tiny House Festival. That'll be in July. I'm doing probably Tiny Fest in Austin. As well as an adventure van, or excuse me, an, well, I definitely want to get to an adventure van expo, as well as an overlanding expo. Mm-hmm. So all of that is happening over the next several months. I will be vlogging all of that stuff. I love to do informational type vlogs. I love showing off other companies. Um, as the van life market and the off-grid market continues to expand, I will continue to show that and and bring experts in front of everybody on through my lens. Mm-hmm. You know, I have a scheduled meeting with Jonathan, the owner of Nomadic Cooling. Um, I'm going to go meet with the guys from Desert Armor. I want to meet with the people from CVT Tents. I want to go meet with other van builders. So that is really where I see my channel always going. I w- I'm going to be doing that kind of stuff. And then the, the day and the like, that's in quotations, of my life, which is travel and adventure either in my Jeep or when things start to open back up via plane. Mm-hmm. I would love to go to Iceland. I'd love to go to uh, Switzerland, Finland, Denmark, and travel to these kind of places. I'd love to travel around Europe. And when I go to these places, I'd really like to actually rent a van mm-hmm. and do van life in other countries. Yo, van life Canada. That's another one Alaska. of my fan- fantasies, man, is like it only costs about two or three thousand dollars to ship a van i don't want to ship one but yes you're absolutely right i'm happy with my van i would love to just like 
keep the same van and go, you know. I'm and for like Scandinavia. Scandinavia is definitely on it's my, gorgeous. Like on my list, but like I'm because of the amount of travel I want to do in the short amount of time that I'll be doing it. No, I'm not going to be shipping my own van or vessels. Yeah, right. I would rather go over there and rent something rent from from a local company. Uh, promote them. Right. I'm not asking for free stuff. I mean, shit, a lot of the stuff on my Jeep I paid for, right. you know, because I'm willing to spend the money and support these companies uh, as long as I can show it off on my YouTube. I don't really care. Right. So I ask permission. They give me permission because I'm paying for it. And bada bing, bada boom. I have myself, you know, a nice little page where I can show adventure and travel and all that beautiful stuff. Yeah. yeah. Cool. All right. Uh, we'll plug some stuff. You know the YouTube channel. What else are you? My doing? YouTube channel is Jared Tachi. Everything is Jared Tachi across the page, across all of everything. So, with the exception of who's the second guy, but um, JaredTachi.com is where you can find all of upcoming events, and that'll be appearances at tiny home festivals or stand-up events. Um, hopefully, my website girl has it up and running by the time you release this podcast. Um, this isn't coming out for three weeks. Perfect. So. Uh, uh, Catherine, please get on that. Uh, <laughs> uh, Thank you for doing that, Catherine. <laughs> yeah, there's a plug for Catherine. She's actually amazing at what she does. She's just redoing my entire website. Cool. Yeah, um, she's a sweetheart. Um, uh, Jaratachi.com, Jaratachi on Instagram. Are you TikToking? I am TikTok, which is Jaratachi. Actually, TikTok is going to be more the comedy based. Cool. It'll be more behind the scenes of comedy. Yeah. It'll be like skits. It'll be stuff like that. Nice. Um, right now, it's not. It's all dumb shit. But I, I'm too old for TikTok. I don't get it. <laughs> um, Pinterest. I got to get back on a Pinterest. Um, I would like to write uh, a book, um, and that might be down the pipeline at some point. I just I just partnered up with Project Van Life. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm now instead of writing my own ebook on how to build a van, I partnered up with Project Van Life because I actually really like their system and how they have it. It's like a $97 course. So I'm an affiliate through them. Um, and you can book a consultation from them or you can book my consultation through them. Cool. Um, yeah. I mean, I think that's it. What nice. do you think? I think we should go float on the Deschutes River and drink a beer. I, yeah, I've got some Pacificos. Are you okay with those? Yeah, I got some too. Okay. <laughs> All right. Great. Go fuck yourself. Thank you for doing this again. Dude, you're the man. I could talk to you for hours, buddy. All right, guys, we did it. That was episode 70. Thank you for sticking around if you've made it this far. Uh, I really appreciate you listening to this episode. I hope that you enjoyed my conversation with Jared. Uh, it's always good to see him. He is moving to Vegas, and it is summertime, which means that I will not see him again until it gets cold, because I don't do Vegas in the summer. That's crazy. Um, yeah, thank you for listening. Uh, tune in next week uh, for another episode of From the Van.